One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. It is the day, I said I wasn't going to do one today, but then, you know what, I just thought, fuck it. It's a rainy day. It's a rainy day in, in, in weather terms, and it's a rainy day in Tottenham terms, because we lost to Liverpool. Everybody needs a bit of cheering up. And I'm not going to rely on me, obviously, to do that cheering up. So I've, uh, I've enlisted the help of... Uh, this, this sounds like I'm calling you a happy clapper, Rick, but I think you're a generally optimistic, kind of good-tempered kind of guy. It's Ricky, Ricky yeah. from the Fighting Cop Podcast. Welcome back, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Uh, that, that was a bit of an intro there. Like, like I, I'm supposed to be the optimistic one and make people kind of uh, feel better. <laughs> it's just a lot of pressure on my shoulders. <laughs> I, I'll try, well, One will try his best, but uh, yeah, but fucking hell, man. So, oh, right, but blimey, better like do some stretches now and limber up, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rick, I, I just, I'm just going to put this to you. Go on then. Why Liverpool? Why is it always Liverpool? Why? Like, what? Why do we always? Why are they like our horrible? Why are they the school bully? Why is it always them that just does this to us? Always. Doesn't matter how shit they've been, what form they've been in, anything like that. It's always them. Always. It it is um, at the moment. But um, I th- there was there's quite a funny thing that re- uh, that reminded me of this. I was watching I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, is it uh, Saturday Social on Sky Sports? Flav was on there, and they had a, a Liverpool fan on there too, and uh, they were just kind of uh, arguing the toss about Tottenham Liverpool and stuff like that. And and obviously this Liverpool fan was extra kind of confident and goading uh, Flav, and Flav was like. Let's not forget, let's not pretend that for like three or four seasons, Tottenham were finishing above Liverpool only a few years ago. And then at Wembley, we, we took them apart and we've had some good results. And uh, I started laughing because it's true. Like, let's. It's easy to remember recent pain and, and we, we, we obviously won't forget that. But if you go a little bit back, we, we did have the upper hand on Liverpool. And um, it's not often that we say that, but I just think Liverpool are one of those teams, you know, mentality monsters. I don't know. It's just one of those clubs that the fans, they just suck the ball into the net. They, um, they're huge support, insane European and league history. Liverpool itself is just a weird city in England like it just exists on its own um it doesn't for me it like you can always be like all oh, right Liverpool are in a bad run of form or they're not winning or whatever um but it's Liverpool man that like they they they, they can turn up whenever and, di- and like this week didn't didn't they just beat Napoli at home like Napoli at the moment are no fucking they're no light touch um and they've done them, and they've like like Tottenham. They've had a bit of a stuttery season, and 
They've just brought in uh, Nunes and they've brought in a few other people. Mane's gone. So it's a little bit different and they're finding their feet just like we're finding our feet at the moment with, with a few changes. So it's kind of like, I don't know, man. Every season when Tottenham play uh, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I just write, I write those fixtures off and anything that we get is a positive. And there could be people listening to this, but that's not the mentality you should have. You should want to win every one of those games. Yeah, I get that. And when we play at the lane, I, I absolutely feel like we should be getting three points against those. And while uh, we're in the hunt for top four, that we should be taking points off of the people that we're competing against. But equally, this is football, man. And people can take points off anyone at any time. And the, the teams are quite close. It's just disappointing that, obviously, it's, it's at home. Liverpool uh, were in a bad run of uh, form. And I don't think they've won an away game in the Prem. And then, obviously, it comes against Tottenham. But the thing is, when you play against teams like this, you've got to be 100%. You've got to be on it. You've got to be focused. You cannot do what Eric Dyer did. You can't. And I'm not fucking uh, hauling him over the coals and being like, it's his fault, he's our scapegoat. But you cannot do things like that. Because you, you gift that to Salah, and he's going to stick that in the back of the net. There's no two ways about it. You You, you have to be... Fully focused all the time. Do you think? And um, do you see Eric Dyer? He got he got engaged this week. Do you think he's just been shagging too much, <laughs> just like celebrating? Just he's just he's just a bit knackered. His head's not really in it. Yeah, no, no. I, when I, I I remember when um I got engaged, there was a, a shagging boy, loads of shagging. Second honeymoon, and, um, sort of. Well, it's a pre honeymoon period, isn't it? In a way. Yeah. That well. Um, so I proposed uh, to the missus in Sicily and we were bought one of those uh, wedding planning books, um, started going through the early arrangements. And as I was saying, you know, just uh, all the shagging and uh, my first uh, first child came along, fell pregnant within like two months. So we had to shelve the wedding. Um, and then um, after the first one was born, then the second one, um, we were like, right, We've got the kid. Let's let's get the wedding done and dusted. Start planning again. All the shagging happened, and the second one came along. So I'm not planning the wedding anymore because another another child will come out because of all the shagging. So, yeah, I was going to say you got, you got the order the wrong way around, mate. But you know, you little little devil, aren't you? Little devil. <laughs> <laughs> but with with these games like Liverpool, United, all this type of stuff, right? I've kind of I've got this theory that I've I've waffled on about on my little solo pods. I'd, I'd, I do want to put somebody else. I love listening to them. I love oh, listening you. to them, by the way. Thank you. It's, um, it's, it's akin... Sorry, I, I know I'm cutting you here, but it's no, like it's when right. I, uh, I... I like feel Tottenham's results. I don't know why. Just It just makes me feel awful. Like a lot of people, uh, but I feel really bad. And then when I listen to my dad, how pained he is, it, it kind of cheers me up a little bit. And uh, I listened to, to uh, your pod yesterday and like how your description of uh, you know when we're out of space in 
the astronauts being cut loose and they're just like going further and further away from the target and they're gonna die it did make me laugh so thank you for that that's right mate i do try i do try at least you're not <laughs> laughing at me you know what i mean no no <laughs> for once yeah. don't want those those secondary school flashbacks but the thing about these sort of games like liverpool united and stuff because you, you right you, let's look at this one liverpool they've just they've drawn away at fulham and they've lost at home to Leeds, right? We could have been a trio of Lily White teams to do them, but obviously we we let the side down. But do you think there is because we always talk about Tottenham DNA and we talk about being Spursy and all this type of thing, right? Spurs, and I do I do maintain this, and I know there would be other people that would say, "Oh, you're just saying that because you're a Spurs fan." But if they actually stopped to think about it objectively, right? Spurs are, I think, uh, a completely unique club in the landscape of kind of top flight football in so much as really, I mean like Newcastle and that are coming up fast, right? And who knows what Villa and other teams are doing, you know, Villa because they spend a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. But for this, at this point in time, Tottenham are pretty much really in terms of size, stature and what we've been achieving or close to achieving over the past years, we're way out in front of the rest of the chasing pack. We don't really have any peers, if you like, right? But then in front of us, we've got Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Liverpool. Teams that have been part of this established order. Man City, not so much. They're a different thing out on their own, really. But those other ones, the other sort of the classic top four, top five, they've always always kind of been the stalwarts of the Premier League, right? Winning everything year in, year out. Even before Abramovich came along, Chelsea was still sort of winning stuff. They were close to it. So they were still sort of seen as one of the bigger teams, a Champions League team, that type of thing. Yeah. We sort of, you know, we always sort of say about how we don't show up in these games, but I, I personally really, and there is something in that. I do think there is something in our mentality in that. But I do think that group of teams, they are always, to them, losing to us is a massive reflection on them. They always see it as, fuck, Tottenham are overtaking us right now. So they, I think they always, always put so much into playing against us because they're so terrified of us leapfrogging one of them, of kind of taking that spot. And we've been kind of, we've... Even though we've been finishing above, say, Liverpool, we've been finishing above United, we've been finishing above Arsenal, I still kind of feel like, you know in old cartoons when you'd see like one of the little characters trying to box one of the big characters and he's just kind of like holding him away with his hand to his forehead sort of thing. I still feel like with that, even though we've been good, we've had good runs under Pochettino, we've still always been sort of comfortable for them. They're like, it's all right, let Spurs have their Champions League runs and all this type of thing because they're not winning anything at the moment. But whenever it comes down to these points, these times, like think about peak Pochettino when we were so much better than Manchester United. That FA Cup semi-final, they had no business beating us in that. And there's several times with Chelsea as well when really we've probably been the better team and they've had no business beating us in them. But they just go that extra bit. They've got that bit of experience and that bit of confidence and that bit of belief that if you go at Tottenham, whether it's true or not, if you go at Tottenham, you can beat them. Whereas I think of smaller teams, they maybe don't play on the front foot against United and everyone like that as much because the narrative isn't if you go at United, you can beat them. The narrative is if you play smart, 
you can maybe beat United because they're not the team they once were, but they're always dangerous kind of thing. With Tottenham, we're just the laughing stock of everybody. Still, unfairly so as well, you know? So basically, my, my, my question to you, Ricky, in short is, do you think it is <laughs> as much about us as it is about the opposition team raising their game? That it's not always this big, fucking hell, Tottenham, why can't you, why do you always bottle it? Why do you always let us down in these big games? I, uh, y- your points were, you made some really good, uh, really good points there, by the way, Jack. Um, I think, yeah, you're right in the fact that, um, I think when teams play against us, I, th- I, d- I don't know why, but Tottenham get a lot of hate because I think that we are a sizable club and in recent history, we've got no business, uh, being in a, full house like near on 63,000 seat stadium uh, amazing training center all the rest of it um because we we just haven't collected the trophies over the years i mean a, a league cup here and there isn't what what would underpin all of that so i think we just get a lot of uh undue hate and i think us being Tottenham fans and having that history that we are a bit um confident and it's not confident built on uh, our recent history it's confidence built on our very uh distant history but it's it's still valid so i think people get the needle with us in in that respect and i just think it transcends through their clubs that they know they must beat tottenham because like you said if they get turned over by tottenham and tottenham fans are giving it to them it's like fuck like we have to have a look at ourselves here um but also like the teams that you mentioned um, and rightly so as well, um, that you said that we, you know, about United or Arsenal or even Chelsea, um, but like, especially with United and Arsenal, we've been finishing above those the past uh, few seasons um, and had the measure of them. But I think it is, there is a mentality that, you know, like um, on a computer game where, You've got everything, but there's just there's this one feature that you haven't unlocked and you don't know how to do it. And you've been in the same rooms that you need to. You've opened the chest, you've lit the candle, you've looked behind the artwork, you've gone everywhere, but you still can't unlock this last thing. Now, that last thing is winning a trophy that is sizable. And then when you win that trophy, the mentality and outlook just changes, I think. I think it's just a huge uh, change within the fans. I think it's a change within the players and the coaching staff. And when you win one trophy and then you win the next and it snowballs, you start to have that recent history like Chelsea, Liverpool, United, Arsenal. And your whole outlook changes. And I just think in those times... And especially with those types of clubs as well, they they do attract a you know a caliber of manager, a caliber of player that have been there, that have done that, that have the experience, and just you know grab the ball by the horns and that mercurial player, and and they just do it. Um, well, we have always struggled to do that. Um, I do think under all the managers that we've had and stuff like that. I think if anyone is going to do something, it will be Conte. And at the moment, 
yeah, it feels rough. We've we've just lost to Liverpool. They haven't won an away game. All that stuff. Yeah, it feels rough. Arsenal top of the league. Uh, that's that's a pain, and I think that is when you look over the kind of when you look over the fence and you see how well they're doing. It, it's a you know it hurts even more, and and that's when you kind of internalize stuff even more. Not only are you kind of failing, but they're but they're doing well. Um, so there's that to con- contend with. But we're a year into this um, Conte kind of reign. And if you look at Liverpool, how long has Klopp been there? And you look at Arsenal, Arteta's been there for three years now, I think. And he's had, like, what was it? T- well, I mean, it'd be, if so, three years. He's had, let's just say, six transfer windows. I don't know how many, how much money he's actually spent. He has spent quite a lot. And he has got out players that he wanted to get out and brought in uh, young players that he wanted to bring in that fitted the profile and stuff like that. So they're doing really well. City, you know, fucking untold money, whatever. I just think that we, in January, when we bring in, uh, when we brought in Kulisevsky and Benzancourt, that was that was amazing and changed our first team immediately. Um, and then what Conte said about the, the transfers that we've made, there's two. I think there's like he's saying there's two different types of trans transfers, and like this summer was numerical. So to have the squad and to have the players, and then I think the next transfer next summer will be about quality. So it'll be replacing the people that are already in the first team. It's quite um, funny, isn't it? I like it because it's it's a it's probably Conte's most gentle way of saying like most of the players we've signed are shit, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. Even though I don't think they are, but you know, I'm just saying it's it's padding it out, stocking fillers. <laughs> they're the they're the they're the bar of soap from Body Shop. Do you know what I mean? When you're like, <laughs> oh, I've, I've spent I've spent thirty quid on them. Is that enough? Oh, I'll just get them a couple of extra little bits. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think once we have once we have a few transfers, uh, um, transfer windows where we have brought in quality, where we have slapped down like a 50 mil on Richarlison or whoever it might be, then we'll be able to kind of see where we really are. And I think if we, if we bring those players in and Conte's still there, um, and Kane is still firing and so is Sonny and, uh, and the stars align, then we, I think we will be able to do something and, and win something. But at the moment, it just feels a bit... Um, we're a year into the project, that's all I'll say. A year into the project. And, like, I've seen a lot of... Uh, I've seen a particular tweet, shall I say, that says um, we finished top of our Champions League group. And are we fourth at the moment? I haven't even checked the table. Yeah, fourth. By Newcastle. So, fourth. And then um, when we go to the World Cup, well, when we break from the World Cup, we'll, no matter what happens, we remain fourth. Is that correct? Uh, I haven't even seen. I haven't seen. I haven't know. seen the league. <laughs> but uh, we'll just say that for argument's sake. Don't ask anyway. me for anything. Actually, uh, you know what I mean, mate. Numbers and real things. <laughs> just ask me for Before, big, big emotions and opinions. Uh, yeah, exactly. We we uh, shoot from the hip, don't we? We're just uh, we're a heart on our sleeve. Um. So what? Um. If someone said to you at the beginning of the season, without any other stats, that before we break for the World Cup, Tottenham will be in the top four, Tottenham would have uh, qualified for the next round of the Champions League, and we'd have won our group, 
you would have been delighted with that and been like, yep, yeah, that's fucking great. But I also do, think do, there's do a you know what, double-edged though? sword that um, with Conte, because we've got Conte, I feel like we should be doing better. Like, because we've got him, we should be title challengers. And I think that's where we get a bit... I think we will be, but I think we're just, it's a bit too early at the moment. And I, 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 think, I got carried away. I'm not saying that you're doing this as well, but I do think at the moment, and I understand, I, I get there's, a, there's an air of self-preservation about it, but in that scenario that you've outlined for me there, yeah, I would be happy, but the bit that you are leaving out is that Arsenal would be top of the league and absolutely flying as well, which even, even in a kind of a, a, a look ahead is still uncomfortable. It's still not a nice reality. And I, and I get it. People will say like, don't think about them. Think about us. But let's be real. It's not, it's not how this works. You know, it's horrible seeing them doing what they're doing. And I understand the point. It shouldn't take away really from what we are doing objectively, right? We are, we are performing well, I would say, but kind of like you touch on there. I think there is that frustration. I think, all of it. What, what I mean is, Barcelona. We can't do anything about Arsenal being good. We just can't. They they are really exactly good. that. That was that was yeah. going to be my next. We we can't. We can't or, or, do anything my, about Arsenal. My only Arsenal. point of that is, I get why it, it fans the flames of kind of people being a bit stressed about the situation. I feel it myself. You know, I, I would be completely lying if I said a lot of my mood wasn't affected. Like Tottenham mood wasn't affected by. Arsenal being as good as they are and being as smug yeah. and gloating and everything as they are right now. Yeah. But if, if we focus, if we do focus on Tottenham, I think what you've touched on there is important is that, you know, we do have somebody like Conte in charge who, whatever you think about him, whatever you think about his style of football, we know this is a guy who has a track record of success, who I would say that, you know, even with the tools at his disposal, even though I do think it's downplayed quite how much money he has been given already and the amount of kind of good players that we do have in the team, I do think a lot of people are still trotting out this, imagine if we backed him, what we'd achieve. It's like, lads, we are spending a fair amount of money nowadays. Like, so this is getting a bit boring. We can't drop like fucking 500 million one transfer window. It's a bit by bit process, but the, the squad is improving. It is getting there. Um, but that aside, it's like I do think a lot of this stress, a lot of the worry about Conte is his his failure to commit long term. So it always feels like there's a ticking clock there. Remember Dunkirk, the film Dunkirk, how stressful that fucking yeah. film was to watch because it's just a ticking <laughs> clock throughout the whole fucking film that just keeps you on yeah. edge. That's what this sort of managerial tenure feels like. We've got him, we've got Kane's contract running out, we've got Son's career winding down I guess we got Larissa's career winding down like there's always just the way we play this high risk brand of football it really just feels like there's always this like uh, tension on everything that we're doing that everything has to go right or Conte leaves and then Paratici gets the sack as well. And then we're having to rebuild again under another manager. And Harry Kane leaves and Son's like just too old or too fucked now. And Lloris is gone. And then we don't have a hundred mil to spend on a goalkeeper who's as good as him. Do you know what I mean? There's, there are all these things sort of coming to a head right now at Spurs. So I do quite there understand. Are, there, you know, I do there, understand. There are. Why, you know, so for example, one of the big things from yesterday, and I get it, I know that people want to try and be rational and not kind of allow themselves to be swept up in the stress of it. 
But I do think there is an inordinate amount of policing now of people just being a bit annoyed after the football. There's a lot of this, oh, well, you're probably the type of person that's really bothered by the scoreline here, but we actually played really well against Liverpool. And sometimes <laughs> I think people just need to be allowed to be like, I'm fucking annoyed that we lost to Liverpool. I'm just annoyed about that. And I don't have to be rational. I don't have to think, yeah, okay, context and all this type of stuff, that that will come later. But in that moment, do people need to be leading out from the front saying like, don't be annoyed about that. Think about the fact that we played really well in the second half and our XG was great. This isn't an indirect to anybody. This is a general kind of thing I'm saying. I just think sometimes that type of energy like is as destructive as somebody having a complete wobble saying, get Conte out, get this out, get that, because it just creates division again. Sometimes I think just in the wake of a game, people just need to be allowed to feel a bit annoyed. That's what football is, you know? Um, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I mean, I did see on my way home, I was uh, on the train and I was feeling like shit. Uh, the train was packed and I was just like, oh, fucking hell, this is horrible. And then I... I saw, I can't remember who it was that tweeted, but it was it, it was something along the lines of like if you if you look at the XG, um, we outperformed them. So you know it it should have been a draw, and I was like, yeah, it should have, could have, would have, what, whatever. We lost, man. Like at this moment, it's so raw that I'm literally coming home from a game. I can't do that thing where I, I'm a I'm the bigger person and look at the bigger picture and be like. Yeah, but we, you know, we we held position, uh, you know, possession in this amount of time. Whatever it might fucking be, or these these different stats. I'm hurting. We've lost two one. That is that's for me. That's the line under it at that moment in time. And I'll be able to in the next coming days look back at XG and be like, well, okay, maybe we did deserve a draw, but we didn't get it. Whatever it might be. But like you were saying, yeah, I think people can be um, allowed to be upset um and to vent their frustrations um but also i feel that if you do when you are venting your frustration that some people can be it's the end of the world mm. like it, you know everything is total and utterly fucked like we're fourth like i saw another tweet i can't remember who it was when we come back from the world, world cup that we're fourth and we'll we'll be looking down because people will be coming towards us and because that's where we're closer to the people that we're looking down on rather than looking up at city arsenal and i can't even remember fucking who else is is above us but um newcastle <laughs> is it newcastle there, yeah. there you go and, and like newcastle they're having they're having like you know a little renaissance there under eddie howe playing really well very attacking but you know it's the early part of the season, man. We're breaking in November. It's still pretty early, man. Um, there's still a lot of football to happen. I reckon the second half of uh, Tottenham season is going to be very good. And Kulisevsky back as well, man. You know, we'll talk about Kulisevsky back. Bit, but still, yeah, we will do. Uh, and like, rem I, I feel a bit. Um, I don't know whether I should say, say this or not, but Romero and Richarlison, like where they're from, the you know, countries always outweighs the club. And I just feel that maybe they could have been there for us. I agree, mate. It's um, annoying. With, like, with an eye on the World Cup because they, they both want to bring it home for their countries, like everyone does. But like Kane is, Kane is not dropping like 
he's playing every single fucking minute. He doesn't care. Um, so it's it you know it's 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 a fine balance, but um, yeah, I just it, it it's difficult to kind of take these results um, and see the see the to go back to the original point to see the bigger picture when there's a lot of stats and this and that or whatever articles written that says oh you know things aren't that bad and uh, in the second half we did really well and we had uh, double the amount of shots than we did in the first half and that proves whatever again we lost man and it's the for me it's the the, the things that i get annoyed about is um it's the the individual mistakes um and uh, and the things that the, the recurring things that happen like i i understand that you know i know royal gets a lot of flack um and whether you think it's fair fair or fair or not but like when he gets into he gets into i feel like he gets into really good positions but his um choice in who he the, the choice in the passes he picks out and the crosses he puts in are just toilet. It's just so wasteful being in in that position. Um, why why hasn't Doherty been given a chance? Like when he came on, um, and and also his his previous his link up play with uh, Kulisevsky was was great. And then he got um, injured and he was out. But um, when Kulu and Doherty were playing yesterday, the second half we looked a lot brighter down that side. And then on the left side as well, I mean, for for me, uh, Ceci, he he gets into those positions too and he pushes forward and he's like, uh, he's, I think Dyer was finding him quite a few times yesterday. But again, he would just turn back inside, pass the ball inside, just not whipping it, across like he in. He hates yeah. having the ball, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just, I know it's unconfidence, but how many times am I going to be sitting here saying, he's unconfident or he just needs a run of games or he just needs this he just needs that it's just like we play a system where we are heavily reliant on our wing backs heavily but our wing backs are are just not not the wing backs that that we need they're being they're either being asked to do something that they're not familiar with they haven't got the confidence what you know Perisic is old and um like his delivery and his crossing and for for corners as well. I know there was a couple of shit ones yesterday, but is is fantastic. But his one on one defending when he's being run at is fucking awful. Uh, so there, there there's like loads of different bits here. But like why why has Conte not got the wing backs that he wanted? I know he's got Perisic in for that experience and that older head and someone who's done it everywhere really. But I don't know, man. That that this is where I get. This is what angers me the most, and it's like a uh, dire as well. I'm not gonna all. I'm not lumping this all on him, but there have been a few times, you know, against Frankfurt. I think he was the one that gave that uh, he received the shit pass. He didn't control it properly. Frankfurt nipped in and scored uh, yesterday again, like letting in someone like Salah and. Salah obviously that thing from just, someone let's be honest one of the more senior members of the squad now in Eric Dyer yeah to, totally to give it away like that we're, t- we're talking a potential kind of the at least the way he was playing the end of last year and the start of this season a potential kind of captain and he's doing yeah. stuff like that you know it's I mean, let's talk about him mate because you know like I was saying I've been kind of dying on a hill for him just being like you know yes. what actually I think he's turned a corner 
and I think he's really fucking good and I do think for like I say the end of last season and the beginning of this year he's been one of our best and most consistent players but when he falls off a cliff he fucking he goes down about a thousand feet mate because he's just been he's been all like these past should we say four three four games maybe he's been particularly terrible in these games he's played and that that to me felt like the sort of the tip of the iceberg so do you think do you think there's a player there do you think he needs a bit more patience to show us that he is kind of because I think the the thing that I do disagree with is people will say like Dyer's shown you exactly the player he is over the past five years but I think his career over the past few years has been I, I don't think it takes away from anything I've said previously I think he has been he's had like long-term health concerns and all these type of things injuries that have never really gone away and it seems to be that he's kind of finally the last couple of years in that clean bill of health. And I think in that time, he's actually been really good. But obviously now he's going through a really, really grim patch. Do you think he's just been playing above himself? Do you think, do you want to see him replaced? Basically, Is he one of the key positions that you want us to spend 40, 50, 60 million euros or whatever on replacing? One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I mean, um, what I will say for, for Dyer... Um, I, I I think he's I think he's a great person. I've listened to him on a couple of podcasts. He seems like a lovely lad. He's been at Tottenham for ages, um, and I want him to do so well. And like you're saying, he is um, captain material, and I think he works in a certain kind of uh, system that we play. But where I feel like he he lets he's he he's not an elite centre back is. When we like Conte wants us to play with the ball, he wants our defenders to draw the attackers to let them press and to us to play out the press and transition quickly. Um, and I just feel like the slightest bit of pressure on Dyer and he shits himself, like he just gets kind of like if if if, if the game plan was to sit deep and watching the attackers, uh, the sorry, the opposing team to swing balls in. And he's getting his head on and he's last ditch defending and he's, you know, that 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 one man, that thou shall not pass. Dyer's that guy, man. He fucking he won't let you down. Um and I think to a certain degree, I think Sanchez is good at that as well. But when you put it on them, they just seem to just lose their heads, man. And it was uh, and and then watching Davies against um, Salah yesterday was giving me fucking heart palpitations, but it is Mo Salah, you know. But Davies did an all right job. 
Um, to I think be he's fair, generally a good defensive, player, Davies. Defensive, his defensive duties. But the thing that annoys me about Davies is when the ball gets to him and his passing, he just gives it away. He like tries to play uh, to our midfielder centrally, and he just he just gives the ball away. So uh, for me, there's there's a blend of different types of defenders that I think where we where we aspire to be that we just don't have the the right tools. We have the right tools for certain. Um, ways that that we would want to play, but if we want to be this team where where we are inviting pressure and we want the opposition to to press us and to play out of it, then I just don't think Dyer, Davies, uh, Sanchez that they're cute enough to do that or to take the ball like Romero does and then maraud forward and march through that and 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 break that press himself. Um, I mean they they they're good players, and I would definitely have them within our squad and uh, on the bench. As soon as like I don't know sixty minutes, they they come on and and they do a job, or if, or if uh, uh, Romero's injured and uh, and Dyer comes in for four, five, six games, I, I think they do a job. But I think over the season, um, I just think the mistakes and the way that we play, I just don't think that they are what we need or, or where we aspire to be if oh, I'm oh. honest but then alright then Rick I put to you I put the more difficult question to you go on then Longley I mean is he a player have you seen enough so far that he's a player that you want to see us drop let's say 30 40 million on or would you rather roll the dice again and have a punt elsewhere because personally I think this is the thing I don't I keep banging on about this at the moment and uh Somebody said to me the other day, like, you know, why you, why is Longley catching strays from you? And it's like, it's not. I think he's a, I think he's a solid player. But do I honestly really look at him as a massive step up from Dyer and Davis? I don't. I honestly don't. And I, I at the end of this loan spell, I, I probably wouldn't be that asked about seeing him go back to Barcelona, I, and see us spend the amount of money we'd probably have to spend on making it a permanent transfer elsewhere. But am I? Have I just got a, an agenda against him? Do I have a bee in my bonnet and I just want to prove it or whatever? What, I mean, what do you think? Well, you have said to me in WhatsApp that you absolutely <laughs> hate the French. So there is that. But uh, I've just no, been yeah. watching a lot of... <laughs> I know, Jeremy Clark. He hates the French, doesn't he, Jeremy Clarkson? I don't yeah, like oh, the yeah. French. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drive a car around and yeah. talk about <laughs> Europeans. You know? <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> that's that's a good impression. I like that actually. Um, yeah, I just um, to answer your question, no, I don't think I I, I wouldn't want to bang forty mil down. Good, Ricky. Was, Good, my I, son. <laughs> I think he for the profile of player that I th- feel like we were missing on that left hand side. Like I mentioned before with Davies, he's a very solid defender. Um, he's not scared to put his, you know, uh, head on it or anything. And But I just don't think with his passing ability that he, if, if we are inviting the press and we are trying to pick players out, that I think he he gets panicked and he maybe not not hoof it, but it just it, they'll just go. There'll be passes that are gonna gonna stray now. Longley is a bit more technically better with his passing and can and can pick those passes out and I've seen him do it. 
But defensively, against Davies, I don't know. I don't think there's much between them. Like yesterday, I don't like... It's it's hard to be blaming um, players, and I, I, you know, because obviously it's a team game. But when um, Nunes got the ball and it was on Dyer's side and Dyer was there, and I think someone else was there, um, Longley kind of went racing over to meet uh, Nunes. And then he just looked up and saw Salah was free. He was like, here you go, son. And by that time, Cess was like way out of the picture, was trying to close him down, but Salah had already fucking put it in the back of the net before uh, Cess could do anything. But it was like, well, why like, why rush in? Like if you're, um, I don't know, that that calibre of player who, who we think he is or whatever, would he have rushed in? Like Salah's one of those players that if, if he ain't got the ball, you still need to be on him. Like look how many people were on Nunes and like would Nunes have done anything if there's two players? He, he should have stayed with Salah. But, you know, it, it's it, it's football. Shit like that happens. Um and, and also, I don't know if you noticed, especially in the first half, that Liverpool kept playing this certain ball where it, it was either coming from the centre-backs or from Robertson. Um, like They would play this straight ball, um, but then at the last minute, it would kind of like curl, but it would just drop behind Dyer um, and just, yeah, just it would, it would come right over uh, Royal's head, but just drop near Dyer and then... Uh, Nunes would just shift it onto his right foot and he was just like on a goal scoring opportunity and it happened over and over again. It was so frustrating that nobody else could see that that was happening. Um, and it's those things that I just feel like, you know, Nunes is like, he, he all he wants to do is put it on his right foot. Just show him to the left, man. Just show him down that. But every time, cutting on his right, cutting on his right. And I was like, he's going to ping that ball in the back of the net any, any fucking minute and you're just letting him do it. And I just think a more seasoned, not more seasoned pro, because that's unfair, but uh, and uh, Dyer is a seasoned pro, but just I don't better know. players, isn't it, basically? Yeah, it just... It, it's the only way you can put it. Like, it sounds harsh, but it's... You know, should, should he have been more aggressive? Should he have been more um, more aggressive and gone out to, to meet the pass that Nunes was receiving and got in front of it and taken it away from him? Like, Romero probably would have done, launched himself at it. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. But they just kept finding him and picking him out. And like Dyer was was nowhere to be seen. And obviously fucking Royale weren't. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. I just feel like with the, the system that we play with Conte, that at the back, defensively, we have to be 100% and we have to be focused all the time. And on top of that, we, we have to be able to pass and it doesn't help that Larice fucking hell man again yesterday like ball came to went to clear it cannoned off a Liverpool player and I was like heart and mouth it's like fuck but to go back to your point earlier as well what you were saying about um yeah but Kane he's getting older Son's getting older Larice is getting older and this is happening and da 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 if we are serious about replacing these people that we'll be able to see as fans we can see that uh, Lloris has been an, a magnificent servant to Tottenham and he is a quality keeper but the way that we're playing and that we want to play out the back 
Lloris is kicking, is letting him down all the time. He's and not at the level he, anymore, and, is he? And, no, he's not. And yesterday, again, I think maybe twice it happened where the ball was, I don't know who had it, Liverpool player, but he ran out to meet him and was like, oh, fuck, he got caught in no man's land again. And then mm. was like, fuck, I need to sprint back to my goal again. Um, and it happened twice. It's like he, he keeps doing just that losing moment, his head. He? Yeah, and I don't know whether it's a whole confidence thing with a whole back line and there's so much pressure because of the way we play. I don't know. Uh, uh, or it might be an age thing because he is too old and it's just like he can't do it anymore. But um, our recruitment should be able to spot this and we should have a, a line of names that who is going to be the successor to Larice, to uh, potentially to Harry or to Sonny or, or whatever. But... Um, I don't know what my point is now anymore, Jack. I'm just uh, just rambling on, mate. That's that's the that's the name of the game on this pod, mate. It's the name of the game. Let's. I'll, t- I'll tell you what then. If if we're going just down this rabbit hole of like doom and gloom, let's let's look at one of the what, what I've said. Like the sunshine through the rain is Dejan Kulusevski. If we're talking about legacy planning, we're talking about Son and Kane and all this, right? The second the second he stepped on the pitch yesterday. He showed us his quality and what we've been missing. The fact that he is quite truly, I think already, I think I, I feel confident in saying a world-class talent. I think the boy is something special and he is, he's somebody that we need to build our team around. You know, I was saying on the, um, on the little solo pod yesterday, make him feel important, make him feel, get him on a long-term fucking contract and make him whenever we do kit launches if there's fucking big posters going up in the fucking club shop on the side of the stadium wherever get his face on all of them like we do with harry like we do with sonny get klusevsky on fucking everything now because to me he is the future of the club and we should be building around him now because i i honestly i think he is a special special player and it makes it's one of these things you know i i'm I'm open in my kind of my questioning of Conte. It makes me wonder why the fuck he hasn't been playing the whole season. You know, we actually left him out through choice at the start of the season, which to me is is bizarre. It's it's mental considering how important he was in the tail end of last year. Um, and it's just it's great. Who knows? You know, maybe if Sweden were in the World Cup, he wouldn't have come back pre World Cup. We sort of dig out Romero and Richarlison. That I'm disappointed with him too. Don't get me wrong, but you know. Kulosevsky, I don't know if you saw, he he had some comments basically yesterday saying that, you know, he's been so upset that he's been injured because the main thing he wants to do is like bring Tottenham the success, the joy, I think he said, that they deserve. And it's just it's just nice to have like a lad already on side. You know, and people can say, oh, he's yeah. just doing it for PI. But fucking Gareth Bale never fucking said any of that shit about us. Never does. No. We love we love him. Don't get me wrong, we love him. But Harry Kane isn't the most vocal in kind of like is 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 like giving his love to the club and everything like that. You know, he's quite and I get it, I don't he's not a big talker, Harry. Like he's quite a stoic guy and all that sort of thing. So whatever. Maybe I'm cutting him a bit of slack. But to see somebody, one of the new lads like Kulusevsky, who I I honestly believe could be playing anywhere in, in, in what this is I look at Liverpool yesterday, right? I look at them and one of the one of the frustrations for me, right, is they they are not I, the the thing that annoyed me is about watching that game is 
yeah, they got Mo Salah, right? I get it. He he's but he's not he's not scary Mo Salah of two years ago. Still, you know, like, and I look at them and I think they ain't that scary anymore. They're not, you know. We there was a chance there to do them, and whatever we didn't take it. But I look at a player like Nunes. They've just dropped all that money on, right? They've dropped dropped seventy eighty mil on. He ain't fucking Mane. Like he ain't fit to lace Mane's boots. Nowhere close to it. And I get it, he's a, he's a sort of different player and all this type of thing, but we're talking about them replacing an attack. Let's let's say even compare him to somebody like Firmino, who they're, they're probably more comparable. I don't think he's anywhere near kind of even what Firmino was back in the day. And this is kind of like, this shows you how difficult it is to sign top draw talent. And the fact that we've almost lucked out in a way with Kulisevsky. Yeah, you know? I am... I, um... I was chatting to my dad uh, in the calf before uh, the game and um, I was saying how desperate we've been for Kulisevsky because not only has he been scoring, not only has he been assisting, but the way we play um, and when he has the ball at his feet, he's an outlet for us. Like when we've got that pressure on us, we've been getting the ball, it's been going up to Kane He's he's but can't can't uh, hold on to it or or he wins the header and we don't win the second ball and the attack comes back to us. If if Moore is there, he gets the ball. He runs into a defender, then the attack comes back to us. Um, so we just haven't had that outlet. And I was saying to my dad that Kulisevsky is this, he's that, is the other, and he was saying, "Are you sure? Like he he doesn't seem that fast. We need a, like a we need a nippy fast winger. We need like an, a, a Lennon or someone like that, uh, a Bale." Um, and I was like, "No, nah, honestly," I said, "Like he is fucking rapid anyway, um, and um, he's like super skillful when he when he runs with the ball, and he actually takes players on." Um, and when he came on, within a couple of minutes, I, I don't know whether it's him or he passed to someone and it kind of got fouled. It kind of looked like a penalty or free kick on the edge of the box. I don't think we got it, really. Uh, I think it was Kulisevsky. I think it actually was him. And then within a minute later, or, or a few minutes later, he put that um, that ball in for Kane. Kane ran on a sublime finish. But let's go back to that pass. That pass where Kulisevsky is running kind of parallel with uh, the the area and everyone is drawn towards where he's running and they're following that. And he slides that ball in to that channel for Kane to run into it. Who the fuck has been doing that? Who has been making those balls? Who's been playing those balls for us regularly? Hoybeer has... has um, come in with a couple, uh, which has been great, and we've, and we've scored from them. But, like... That we've we've missed that regular spark of creativity. That 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 one thing where everybody just feels like it's a bit one dimensional, where the ball is going to go from like from left wing back back to the centre back to right wing back to the you know it's it's quite predictable and quite plodding along. But when you have a player like Kulisevsky that can break the lines, that can run at people, that will do something. Um, you know, a, a trick out, the, a, you know, a trick out the hat, where um, he'll he'll pop a ball through like that. We've missed it desperately, and now that we've got him back, we should really, for me, we just need to be thinking. Once that's gone, look where we've been. We need to get another player of of that caliber or another player with that skill set 
that can pop those balls through. That, you know, when we're playing with three in the middle, when we've got Basuma, uh, Bentoncourt and Hoybier, or Skip, or Saar, whoever it is, are those those players that pull the strings, that kind of look for those balls down the channel to, for Kane to run into, for Son to run into, for Kulu to run into? We don't really have that player. And it's just those things that I feel like that's missing. And when Kulu came back for a very brief period, you could just see that it just brought the team to life. All of the team to life. Everyone was, was excited. A real kind of shot in the arm. Yeah, oh, totally. And and at the ground as well, when Kulu came on... Um, it was a it was a real kind of boost and everyone was um standing up and applauding and waiting for him to come on while i think of it right i'm just going to um there's there's two other things that you need to write down or whatever uh, booing at half time and a smattering at full time and also uh the sarcastic cheers for when dyer controlled the ball or passed the ball um We'll come back to those, but uh, but yeah, Kulisevsky, he is just he's so important and fundamental to the way we play. But I think it really, for me, it's really opened my eyes that that is the way. And we like Richarlison, he's a decent player and he can replace Sonny on the left or Kane or is a good quality backup. But the backup we have for Kulisevsky, he Richarlison doesn't do what Kulusevsky does, and I don't think we have a player. like The, the closest we have is Moran. For me, they're just, you know, chalk and cheese. They're totally different. We we need someone, a young'un, whoever it might... I say a young'un, fucking Kulusevsky's God knows how old, like 21 or whatever. Yeah, but just, only but, just, I think. Great. But, I mean, um, we just need someone to, to be able to deputise for him or to, like, to give him a rest or whatever. I think that's where we need to, to look. And that all, all that creative spark in um, central midfield. I think that would get us going definitely, and get us more on the front foot. Go on, tell us about tell us about your boom, mate. Because you know, the thing is, I've never been a massive fan of it at all. And I, you know, I used to be when I was younger, I was a lot more hot heady. I'd be really like, if you fucking boo, you're fucking this and that. And then obviously people have said to me like. It's my fucking yeah. You know, I can say I can do what I want. I'm like yeah, fair yeah. enough. Do you know what I mean? I get it. Right? Yeah. People do pay a lot of money in that. And I. But the thing is, it felt to me that like whenever there would be booing in the past, it would be little pockets every now and again. If it was a particularly bad performance or something like that, yeah. it seems to be almost commonplace now, man. It seems to be almost every fucking game where we're not winning, people are booing. You know? Exactly, and this is this is my point. It's like who who do you think you are, or who do we think we are? Maybe we should be booing. Like who do we think we are that at half time when we're losing to Liverpool that we're booing? It's like it's fucking mad. It really is mad. Like Liverpool are a massive team in Europe, and they could quite easily go to any team and and, and win there. And we're bo- and we're booing at half time. And for me. That's not going to help. That's not going to be like, you know, if you're getting booed, it's not going to G me up or whatever. And and I'm not saying we should be fucking happy clapping like seals and being like, yeah, come on, Tottenham and all that. But I think it's, a, it's you know, six of one and a half dozen of the other. If we support the team, then they raise their game. And then also, if they start getting on the front foot, then we stand up and we start cheering them, cheering them on. Um, so it works both ways, but to be booing at half time and to be booing against um, 
I don't know if we're just drawing or whatever, even if we're just one nil down, I don't feel like booing at half time is the one really at all. And I don't think it's going to get anyone uh, G'd up. And I think Conte, he's come out and there was a, an interview, I think it was, I don't know if it was with Valley Gold, but it's definitely Evening Standard where he was asked about the booing and he was saying he understands her frustration. People pay the money for the tickets and all this other stuff, but. Um, it's, it's, it isn't really helpful. We should be getting behind the team. And like it's like, yeah, but we're 2-0 down, mate. Like, yeah, fucking get behind them even more, man. They need your support. Um, so, and he's mentioned quite a few times, Conte has, about that what our lane should be a cauldron. It should be, you know, our, our kind of... Uh, people should think going to Tottenham, like... Well, the, the way we think about going up to Anfield... Like, those three points are in the fucking bin. There's no chance of getting anything up there. When teams come to Tottenham, that's how they should be feeling. And we should be making Wild Lane an absolute fortress. Um, I just want to say uh, uh, a big shout out to, uh, I think it's, I, I can't remember the handle. Is it THFC Flags? The the the, the guys so, yeah. are trying to get a, a lot of the flags going, a lot of the atmosphere well, Spurs back. Spurs song sheet, isn't that, isn't that another one? Spurs song sheet. Get, or, yeah, sure. yeah. I was gonna gonna say those as well, but th- th- those two on on Twitter that are really trying to get some kind of um, atmosphere back, or at least that south stand to make it a, a formidable noise. That like mad respect to you guys. Um, love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing, uh, and I'll support all the way. But um, so that, that's the booing part. And then at full time, the, the, I don't really think I heard a lot of boos. I think there was a smattering, like not really. But I think the second half we put in a performance, people were a bit more proud and we did try and go for it, but we just couldn't get that equalising goal. Um, what was the other thing I, I mentioned as well? So there was the, the, oh, the, the dire, ironic the, um, cheers of dire, yeah, yeah, ironic cheers of dire. It's cunty, isn't again, it? again, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not gonna be like, it's not gonna get your, it's not gonna get someone's fucking confidence back, is it? Do you and know I'm what I think with that one, Rick? I think blindly like, cheer. But even like when people were like, you know, because fucking Emerson was starting to get booed and stuff as well. On those sort of things, when I think like somebody. Because I, I fall into this trap of sometimes being like, you know, these people, they're not wired normally. They're elite athletes and they, you know, they deserve to be criticised. I do think there's levels to it. And I do think that type of stuff, when you're literally a human being, being targeted by jeers and stuff from, say, 10,000 people around you, it's just not nice, yeah. is it? It's just not nice. Like, it's not nice. It's a shitty thing to do to one of your own no. players to do to, like somebody playing in your club's colours. It's just shitty. Come on, man. Like, whatever you've paid for your ticket and anything. Like, no, people will say to me, well, you've hardly gone to any games this year. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But I've gone to plenty in the past and I, I don't think it really matters. I think you can still say that that is a shitty thing to do to, to an individual, you know? Save yeah, it, and I don't... Save I, it for opposition players. <laughs> you know, make I them feel yeah, like shit. I don't get the trade-off as well as, as to say, oh... Uh, like you, you haven't been coming this season, and you haven't been paying your sixty pounds, so you can't have a voice as to say, yes, you can boo. Yeah, go on, boo. Like booing anyone, especially on your own team, is a shit thing to do to another human anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Like the price of whether you're paying the ticket is irrelevant. Yeah, you can you can do whatever you want, but like it's it's not really going to help matters. Really, I don't really, I don't think anyone's going to get 
feel like all this negativity towards them and every touch that they have is going to be like under a fucking magnifying glass and you know oh he hasn't the weight of the past have been shit and get on their back and stuff like that. and i get like when royale or cess or whoever when the cross is too deep and we're in a perfect position on a breakaway all you got to do is sweep that ball uh, towards a penalty, towards the penalty spot, and Kane is running there, and all he do is slot it home, and it's over here, and you hear the groans and frustration. That is, that's football, and you are going to hear groans and frustration, but it's the, it's the piss taking. I was like, hey, you fucking managed to catch the ball, did you, Louise? Well, fucking done, mate. Like, it's just, is that needed? I don't think so for me personally. And I don't think it's going to make people perform, but uh, I just wanted to bring those up because I just felt very strongly about um, halftime booze and the kind of who we think we are and um, and also sarcastically cheering our own players. So I've got it off my chest now, mate. Thanks. Well, I remember us all seeing, you remember back in the day when Arsenal went pretty much the entirety of the Emirates? I think it was the Emirates at that point, or hype. No, it was the Emirates. When they were booing Abue, and he started crying on the pitch, and they brought him off. Oh, uh, yeah, and yeah. Everybody I was yeah. like, fucking hell, that is scummy, man. That is horrible. That is really. Even though it's an Arsenal player and all this type of shit, I think anybody like that doesn't want to just revel in, fucking, he started crying. You're like, fuck me, that is grim. That is really fucking horrible. So just, yeah. let's just not be that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's horrible. And you know, <laughs> this thing, somebody said the other day, they were, of Marcus Edwards scoring that goal against us. Somebody was saying like, and then we played Marseille. They were like, why is it that every fucking ex-Arsenal player, or you know, basically they always still love Arsenal and they always want to get one over us, but then our ex-players all fucking hate us and want to get one over us as well. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's shit like that, lads. You know, <laughs> maybe it's kind of jeering them and all this type of shit that we do. You know, like yeah, no, I think. Uh, do you know what? I'm, who I'm? Danny Rose has never loved us. Do you know what I mean? Like no, I was just thinking of Ben. Like yeah. when you sit here bent on fucking Talksport and he's like tearing into Tottenham or trying to get one over us. Maybe it's like the, you know, uh, with the Harry Redknapp, like Sandra could have stuck that away and we're all fucking regurgitating that and that's what he's known for and Bent has been with shit at Tottenham and stuff like that. But um, no, I'm not saying don't have an opinion or don't be frustrated or don't be angry about someone's performance, but while you're there, like just, I don't know, just get behind them really. If you've got nothing nice to say, then... <laughs> Don't fucking boo them and ironically cheer. In it, just give give it a little bit, give a little bit of love. Do you know what I mean? Like, make me think. You know that old Super Tramp song? There, give a little bit, give a little bit of your love to me. Let's just sing. Next time you want to boo, just sing that. <laughs> just sing that. You know, there you go. There you go. Tottenham song sheet. I've done your job for you. All right. <laughs> Keep on doing the good work, though, lads. I'm not, I'm not digging you out. Um, just to, let, let's because we're getting on a bit, Rick. Um, yeah. Let's just end because we can't we can't ignore we've just had the Champions League draw. There's Les Grandes Equipes, the champions. AC Milan, a vintage European outfit, a vintage European tie for Tottenham Hotspur. One of our greatest memories in this competition. Um I just wanted to ask you, like, I've seen you do a tweet about it already, but I'm interested to know just one of your little memories of the uh of that of that tie that we had. Cause that was the funny thing is we're kind of going into this AC Milan game now as 
probably the the bigger team. You know, the the one we I'm looking at this now, being like, we should beat AC Milan. We should get through to the next round. Was not the case the last time we met them in this competition. This was fuck me. We've got AC Milan. This is a big game. This is what five four five time European champion. Yeah, massive team pedigree of you know when you think about teams of years gone by you think about the likes of AC the sort of players they've had I swear they've won it more than that they may well have done yeah they, may, they very may well have done um, they, they, they they are um, a European mega club like, honestly um, one last chance so, to go to the San Siro as well before it gets pulled down you know yeah. one of one of football's yeah. cathedrals Indeed, mate, indeed. And uh, I have been um, chatting to Bardi from the Extra Inch this morning and we are making tentative plans to to go to the game. Same um, here, mate. I'll see you out there for an espresso and reading one of those, <laughs> one of those big Italian newspapers we can, that we can pretend we're reading. I, um, I went to the um, Inter Milan-Tottenham game where Bale scored the hat-trick Um so I've been to the San Siro, but when I went, I was a little bit disappointed that um, there was it wasn't a full attendance because you know it's just it's only Tottenham in it. Um, so I was a bit disappointed, and I was a bit disappointed with their kind of ultras section. It wasn't I, I didn't think it was all that for Inter Milan, but I've seen AC Milan and I've seen how they've put they put a lot of um, tifos up and they're. Um, their, their main ultra section that they are fucking lively so I'd like to go to the San Siro full of colour and splendour and loud um, and obviously AC Milan do have that European pedigree they're a, 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 an enormous team and I've had some insane players over the years and like you were saying earlier Jack that um, the first time we played them it was everyone's fucking hearts fell out their asses when we got drawn against them when we were playing against the might of AC Milan. Now, we felt that way because we hadn't really been in the Champions League and we hadn't really been drawn against them and we were a bit kind of like uh, the young pups in it. This time round, we've had loads of Champions League games. We've been to the European Cup final. Um, we are, you know, we're, we're fearless really. And so I think, like I was saying with um the trophies and that mentality if we win enough trophies or, or win a few trophies we'll we'll get that kind of uh that monkey off our back and i and i think we will start behaving like a, a big club uh, the same with champions league like we've now been in it for a long time we've had a lot of lot of games and we've been to the final now when we've drawn against ac milan and I've seen other Spurs fans saying, like, yeah, yeah, it's AC Milan, it's a good, you know, enough of a glamour type, but I, I, we'll beat them, we'll beat them. Where has that confidence come from? AC Milan fucking won the league last year, didn't they? And we're sitting there going, yeah, yeah, we'll fucking turn them over. I mean, that's good. That's a good thing. This is This is where we need to be. This is the mentality that we need. This is the mentality that the players need. Um, as to say, when we are in those positions against Liverpool, against United, whoever... We've been in these loads of times. We've beaten them loads of times. We finish above them loads of times. Let's just fucking, let's just do them. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I think with this AC Milan team, I, I, you know, I look at it and I don't think there's there isn't a particular player. There, there are players that I admire, but there's there's no one I'm scared of. I'm not I'm not scared of AC Milan. 
and fucking Chelsea tucked him in nicely as well. So I, I've got I've got no fear, but it's not an expectant. Is, is, is what I'm gonna say. It's gonna be a tough game. What are your biggest memories of that last game, mate? Like what what, what stands so, out for you most of all? Um, it is is when we scored because I was watching it on my old uh, desktop computer, I believe. And when we scored, I was banging my fist on the table. D- and didn't I didn't know what you were going to say then, young man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bit my tongue and I was shouting and my missus and her sister was there um, screaming as I usually do. And my tongue was just pissing with blood and I was just spitting blood on the floor, uh, but still shouting. I hadn't realised it happened. Um, so that is that is one memory of it. And just Lennon bursting down that wing and him taking on that player and thinking, fuck, he, he actually took them on. And then when he put the ball back in, I didn't think it was um, the greatest ball for Crouch. Uh, no, no, sorry. The ball was decent, but Crouch's connection with the shot, I didn't know if it, I felt like it was going wide and then it just rolled in. And then I heard the noise from the Tottenham fans and the gods of the San Siro and looking up and I was like... I cannot believe we have gone 1-0 up against AC Milan at the San Siro. And we fucking won there. Do you know what I mean? That is an absolute fucking insane result. That is one of the the stamps of history as to say, like, we won at the San Siro against AC Milan. That is... um... Yeah, I I, I won't forget that. And then then at White Lane, I think it was a 0-0 draw, wasn't it? And... um... I was just fucking well nervous throughout that whole game. It wasn't enjoyable at all. But we got through, mate. You know, uh, so the ace, oh, this isn't my story, obviously, but she's she's not here to tell it. Shah went to, uh, <laughs> Shah went to the AC away game to the San Siro with her dad. And you know, her dad's a bit of a, he's a bit of a boy. Um, <laughs> and they sat in the AC end and he ended up. Hey, really? <laughs> He ended up getting in a bit of a bit of an altercation in the. Uh, oh in the shit! Yeah, they had to fucking. I think they. Got, I can't remember if they got taken out or they had to leave or something. But yeah, it's uh yeah. Oh, that's well funny. You, you, so you, are you, are you uh, looking to go over there too? Are you? Oh yeah, yeah, big time, mate, big time. Love it. Business end of the Champions <laughs> League. Just get out there, try and get a ticket, and yeah, enjoy the enjoy the week end. Well, week middle. It's a sort of fake weekend, isn't it? If not, the sort of uh, the sort of the sort of fan that all the fucking hard nuts hate. Do you know what I mean? Just coming out for a fucking espresso. You're everything you fucking podcasting can. You know. Are you gonna go with? Uh, are you gonna go with Shaw? Shaw, yeah, a few of the lads, yeah. Shaw and a few of the lads. So. Nice, yeah. nice be good fun all right mate um well we're sort of descending into talking about our holiday plans now so uh it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you on mate i did want to talk to you more about the scum but let's fucking know what shelve it fuck them forget about them i'm hoping they fall to pieces i'm really they will i'm really fucking scared they won't mate i'm scared they've got that leicester momentum but you know they will the world cup will will halt the um the rhythm and the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the momentum that's what will happen and then they'll come back and players won't be playing you know for their World Cup places and players will just be they'll, they'll come off the boil they'll come off the boil trust trust
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.